when I found DeFi in the crypto space, my entire being like lit up for so many reasons, which I know we're going to drop into today. The sacred divine feminine is creative, abundant, flowing, receiving, and disruptive. And the new energy of money, including cryptocurrency, decentralized finance, NFTs, and even the metaverse is all these things too. Welcome to The Goddess of Crypto, a weekly show where women who are already in this powerful space will cover these topics simply, so you can relax into knowing that the future of finance is female. Hello, and welcome to Goddess of Crypto. I have with me a dear friend and brilliant woman, the wealth alchemist, Carrie Norley. Carrie, thank you so much for being here on A Goddess of Crypto. And tell everybody a little bit about yourself, please. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show, Hallie. I'm super duper excited that you are creating the show. This is going to be juicy. I'm very excited for the show, actually. So thank you for having me. And as Hallie said, my name is Carrie Norley. I am the Wealth Alchemist. I have the Wealth Alchemist podcast. Speaking of podcasts, I think podcasts are amazing. And my background really is in helping people to shift their relationship with money and wealth. I come from a background of wealth. And so I take a really different perspective than many around money and mindset stuff. And so I really love to help people create generational wealth, learn how to hold their money and to have it grow for them. And when I found DeFi in the crypto space, my entire being like lit up for so many reasons, which I know we're going to drop into today. I know the first time we spoke, like the two of us, I mean, like we had an hour chat, I think We ended up going for like two hours because we were so into the crypto conversation. And I think when you combine it all, and I know Heli does too, like when you combine all of it, the mindset, the energy, really shifting into being the person who allows yourself to have the wealth that you desire and you mix it into the crypto space, I think magic is possible. I mean, I always think magic is possible, but I think magic is really quite amazing. And I wrote my book last year, The New Wealth. And when I wrote The New Wealth, I had this vision of an infinite world. And I'm sure you've had this one too. Like this infinite world of abundance. And I was like, this is all well and good, Carrie. <laughs> you romanticized dreamer. <laughs> this is all well. <laughs> but how, how in heaven's name is this going to exist? Like, how can we actually have it on the planet? And at the time I reached out to two people who I knew who were deep into the crypto space. And I asked them if they could be people I would refer to in this book so that people could have people to trust. And that's when I learned about DeFi, which I'm sure we'll get a little bit into, which is a small piece of the crypto space, which to me all of a sudden went my entire being like lit up like, oh, I didn't know the answer was here, but the answer is here. And so that's what really excites me about marrying it all and excites me about being here, sharing it with you on the show, because I know the show is about all of that. So that's me in a nutshell, I'd say. Thank you. So I know we're probably at some point going to post like a vocabulary list for people because I can't imagine that I'm going to go every episode saying, please explain DeFi, please explain crypto. But just because we're in, you know, at least one of the early episodes, please explain DeFi, please explain crypto. I really want women to feel like they can show up on the show and not know a thing about any of this new information. And we'll explain it in words that are simple enough for them to not feel intimidated. So let's break it down into like the lowest level building blocks and then we can build it up again. I 100% agree. And I think I know something that you had asked me before we even drop into DeFi. One of the things that I love about this space for women 
specifically and DeFi specifically is DeFi is very much like putting your money into a savings account for like, I like to compare things when we start talking about this space to make it simple into things that we already use and understand in our daily language, right? Which so, by the way is, is very important, but I'm going to back up like way, 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 way back. So when we say, when Carrie's saying DeFi, she's just saying decentralized finance. And so now we want to get like a little tiny explanation about what that is just to, you know, give us a building block. Yeah. So if we can imagine that we put our money into a savings account, I think most people can understand that at some point in your life, you've done that and you put your money into the bank. And when you put your money into the bank, that bank takes that money and loans it out loans it out to multiple people. And you don't ever have to know about it, but that's what's happening in the bank right now if your money is in savings. And the way the bank works is that they loan it out and they take interest. So whether you're on a mortgage or credit card or personal loan or business loan, whatever, they're making interest off of the money that's in the bank sitting in a savings account. And so they're making anywhere from like 4% to 24% depending on loans and mortgages and credit cards, right? And so that's what's happening currently in the banking system. In the DeFi space, and this is the interesting piece that came into the crypto sphere, which is that we now have borrowing and lending within the crypto space. So the same way that we can borrow from the bank and somebody, my money is sitting in the savings account lending, it's much the same in DeFi to make it really simple without getting into too much complication. I put my money into a place in DeFi slash crypto world slash online magic internet money, as some people may say. (laughs) 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 I put my money in there and then I loan it out much the same way that it would be loaned out in a bank. Different, different, but like same concept. People borrow it. And instead of the bank getting to make the money, we eliminate the middleman in the decentralized finance space and I make the interest. So my money sits there making anywhere from 5 to 28%. I have ones that are definitely higher than that. And it's compounding interest. The other thing that banks get that we don't get, the normal average person is compounding interest that happens daily. And so they're making interest every day. You may have had in the past, maybe like a CD or some sort of, even in your savings account, like you might make it every month or you might put your money into a CD and it's got a little bit higher return. Not right now, but in the past. (laughs) And it might be like locked in for like three months. And so then in three months, you get your interest. You don't get it like daily. With DeFi, Every single day when you look into your account, there is money that is showing up for you in your account in the growth way. And so much like sitting in a savings account, I compare this kind of similarly to like savings account versus stock market. When your money is in a savings account, you don't ever look in your savings account wondering like, did my money go down today? Your money is always going to be there and you might have a little bit depending on how much interest there is. We're going to have a little bit more depending on when they pay it out, right? With a stock market, we see the volatility right? We see the up and down, up and down, up and down of the stock market. In DeFi, it's like putting my money in a savings account. The asset itself, if I were to put in 10K, that 10K stays there and I just make interest compounding. Now, hang on a second. So it doesn't stay there in the bank. You haven't talked about this yet, but I know that at least in the United States, the banks have got what's called fractional lending. And fractional lending used to mean that they had to keep a percentage, a fraction of the whole in the bank and could then put the rest of it out. The first time I ever heard about fractional lending was actually in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And I love pop culture references because as you were saying earlier, it makes it really easy for people to be thinking in terms of stuff they can understand. So in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, there's a run on the bank. 
And Jimmy Stewart says to the people of his town, that money's not in the bank. It's in your house and your house. And it's being loaned out here and here. And if you take all of your money back, there won't be enough for everybody else. Well, that's fractional lending right there. I was like 10 years old, didn't know that was what it was called, but now I do. And so what's happened over time is that the banks have been required by law to have less and less and shocker, seriously, this should be shocking to us. But yes, Carrie's got this big, if you're not watching this on YouTube and you're listening, Carrie's got a big zero on her head right now. Yeah, that's, you could also have a big L on your head for a loser because we are all losers because they now have a 0% requirement for fractional lending. So if you you did say earlier, your money's just sitting in the bank, and I remember thinking, "Uh but it's not. Because 100% of your money is now being loaned out, and the banks don't have to have any of it. Now, there are some insurance companies, if they have a whole life insurance you know, that they do have to keep a hundred percent of your money or at least a hundred percent to cover the reserves. But the regular banks, they don't have to have any. And so talk about in the DeFi space, how much percentage do they have to have? How much can they loan out and how much do they have to have in reserve? So they have to have, according to like, especially it's, mm, I'm going to say this is all kind of dependent, but basically if we look at this as a, again, big picture, thing, right? We're using what's called stable coins in the DeFi space. Stable coin versus any crypto coin. Like what's the like okay, what's yeah. the difference between a regular token and a stable coin? Yep. So stable coins, and this is what I'm about to say, is stable coins, it's like do you remember back in the day? Remember back in the day when we used to have gold that would back our dollar? Remember back uh, in the yes. day? Yes. <laughs> and then and in that the 70s, changed that let's see. In, in the seventies with Nixon yeah, Nixon changed that in the early 70s. He said, we're not going to use a gold-backed standard anymore. And then we which... had this huge inflation because now all of a sudden money printing right. got right. to be like, I can just print out whatever I want. So stable coins work like this, that they have dollar for dollar. So if I buy a stable coin, stable coins are actually usually like the major stable coins are what's called USDC, USDT, or DAI. USDC and USDT, they're both equal to a dollar. So if I were to go and put in a dollar, I get a dollar of USDC or USDT or die, right? So it's dollar for dollar so that we're not getting all sorts of up and down movement, right? It's just like buying a dollar, but buying a dollar of internet money versus buying a dollar of some other currency, right? And I want to be clear about this, just to clarify that you said internet money, but that, I mean, I think if people hear that, they're going to think like funny money. And what it really means is just digital currency. So it is a... Yeah, it is a USDC, USDT, and DAI are all three different types of currency that are pegged to, to the US fiat dollar, the US paper dollar. So they don't fluctuate very much at all. And they don't fluctuate in the sense of if you have six, tomorrow you still have six, even if they're worth slightly more, slightly less based on the actual value of the dollar. And your money is worth slightly more, slightly less based on the actual value of the dollar. But that's only in the sense of if you were to trade it with another currency like the euro. If you're not trading dollars for euros every day, your dollar is your dollar is your dollar. And stablecoin works just like that. Okay, go back to what you were saying, please. That's cool. Thank you. That explains like what is like the backing of it in that way. But then also what happens is, so we actually, so with, when you put it in, they actually have to hold the cash that you've put in there. So dollar for dollar, they have to hold it. So it's like being gold back reserve again, 
because they're holding that dollar for dollar. They have to hold that cash. Or with DAI, they're holding in a crypto. So, you know, you asked the question, the difference between stable coins and crypto, which I started to get to, by the way, we're going to loop back here. I'm going to, we're going to have a little bit of loop here. We're going to have a little bit of looping when I was talking about bank accounts versus the stock market, right? So with the stock market, we can see that go volatile. In the crypto space, we have these stable coins or we have the crypto assets like Bitcoin or ETH. People may have heard of those. People think most people, many people have heard of Bitcoin. I know they might not know what it is, but they've heard of it. <laughs> and, e- so and ETH is Ethereum, which is the second most, most. well-known and the second most valuable per uh, per coin of the coins that they have right now. Yeah. Yes. I would say they're the two most stable of all of the I'm not even going to say stable. The two most popular, the two most... I use stable. Yeah, traded. I use stable in the fact that it's very common, not that it's Mm -hmm. stable in like anybody who's watched Bitcoin knows that it could be $60,000 one day and $40,000 the next. And that's the thing, right? For example, last week. (laughs) (laughs) For example, last week. (laughs) We lost it. We had it dropped about 12K overnight, I think. (laughs) It really did. Yeah. It really did. It really did. Which is the volatility. I was like, whoa, that's like a really... (laughs) It's a roller coaster, which is why we look at this. Why I was looking at it like the banking account versus the stock market, right? Because the stock market, we can't, we wake up every day and we're like, oh, how's my money today? Is it up or is it down? Right. Whereas in a savings account, I know that theory, my money, you know, I should be able to take my money out in theory. (laughs) Which is also really interesting because with the volatility that we've had with inflation, you know, right now. So with the volatility we've had, and like I heard the statistic for the last couple of months that we've printed all the money that's in circulation. We've printed 24% of it in the last 18 months. I'd heard a third of it, but yes. Yeah. And now I swear the other day I saw 50%. And I was like, no, because if that means we would have had to have printed another 25% just in like the last two or three months, which is just crazy. So supposedly inflation is like 6%, but if you've printed 24% in the last 18 months and, you know, if if like heat in America supposedly is going to be double this winter and gas prices have gone up like 25% and lumber prices and housing prices, I mean, whoosh, everything's through the roof. So I think that it might be more accurate to say that our dollar is probably worth about that 25% that we've printed less which means that, again, we can't see it in the bank. We can't see it in our savings accounts. But we can see if we compare you know, dollars to stuff, dollars to goods, we can see that there's a lot less value in it. So the money yeah, sitting money, in the bank- Our money doesn't go as far now. And the money sitting in the bank, it looks to you like you've got 30,000, 100,000, whatever in savings. And yet, if that only buys- you know, 75,000 or whatever, like, you know, eight, I don't know, $22,000 worth of stuff, you know, you may not be able to see it going boingy boingy in the stock market. But when you start comparing it, it, the numbers get really scary, really Mm. fast. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like in theory, I would say our inflation is anywhere from six to 10%, right? I heard Germany was 13%, whatever these numbers, right? Whatever they are, they're not pretty, whatever they are. And to really make this, to hone this in, to help you understand how impactful this is, if your money isn't making that 6 to 10%, then your money is going backwards every day. Like you're losing money every single day. And so when we talk about why do I think it's so important for women, because with DeFi, so like explaining all of this, right? So basically when you take your 
money and you put it into a DeFi space and you allow it to sit there, like being in a savings account, similar, same concept, right? And you allow that compounding interest to grow that we're looking at that anywhere from five to 28%, whatever that is, depending on where you're putting it, yada, yada. You are, you are able to meet that inflationary piece, right? Some almost, <laughs> depending. We're at least able to and sometimes grow, right? And I would like to believe that we're not going to hit this level of inflation every single day for the rest of our lives. Like we are in a point of it here. That does not mean we are going to be in this growth inflation, God willing, for the next, my lifetime, (laughs) right? At some point, this high inflation that we have right now, I would like to believe is going to slow. And because of that, right? So now you're already set up in this place that you're making more and more and more and more and more money. Now, the reason that I like this is with DeFi, it's kind of like, it's not set and forget. It's not like you can forget about it, but it's not like trading where you have to go in there and be a part of it every day and you have to look into it and wonder what's happening in the market and be really, really, really... Trading is a whole nother thing. Like it's a whole nother kettle of fish that most women don't want to get into. Not my own say that. I won't say that. There's a lot of human beings on this planet. I'm not even going to put this to men or women that don't want to give their time and energy to do this because we have other things we want to do with our lives, <laughs> regardless yeah. of how much education it takes, right? We just yeah. don't want to sit in front of a computer trading. And so I find for women specifically, I was doing my research on this and it's a high amount of women. I can't remember, but it's a high amount of women who leave their money in savings accounts because we don't know what to do with it. We're disempowered around our money because we've been conditioned to believe that we're not supposed to be in charge of money because we don't know how to work our money because blah, 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 all the conditioning that we've had over the years. And so a lot of women leave their money in a savings account. It's safe, quote unquote safe, right? And it's not, but we think we were led to believe that it's safe. (laughs) And consequently, we put our money there. But right now with your savings account, maybe, maybe making 0.5%, maybe that you might make monthly. And if you have a certain threshold, depending on the bank, the thresholds are different. Yes. Right. Yeah. You're going backwards, leaving your money there. So you can take the same concept of leaving your money and like, you have to check on it every couple months, go look, pull some money out, do some things. It takes a couple hours, like every couple months to manage your DeFi. And so that's what I love about it. It's so empowering, so easy to do. Once you learn, there is a learning curve into any of this space, which is if you follow highly long enough, you're going to figure it out. There's a learning curve to this. And I always recommend, I mean, it's why I love these podcasts. It's why I love breaking this down so simply because I recommend that everybody start somewhere and you start to learn this because the learning curve, like once you figured it out, I mean, you and I will both say, right? It's magical. And yes, it's like anything, like you got to learn to ride the bike and it takes a little bit of time to learn to ride the bike. But once you learn to ride, it's easy. You're like, I'm riding. That's cool. I can just get on my bike and ride. And it's the same thing within this space. You can go live your life and be making lots of money. And you know, like I always think, I mean, when I hit DeFi, I meet many people in my world who their like, you know, affirmation is I make money every single day. Money shows up for me every single day. And when it comes from our business, when we first start out in business or wherever we are in our business, like the everyday thing can take some time, right? Like I might get a lump sum of money here or a lump sum of money here or might do a launch here or whatever it is, right? And it could be that it trickles in every day, whatever it is, right? But this is like consistent. You know that you're going to wake up every single day. And the thing that I love about it, especially for women in, in, I'm going to say business careers, people who are advancing their financial aspects is it then takes our money. Like so many, so many people I know that they start to grow their business, their wealth or their income, I should say. And then at the end of the year, they have nothing to show for it because they haven't learned to do something or they feel disempowered to be able to go and do something with it, to be able to invest it. And then they don't know who to trust. I know that was a huge one for me. Who do I trust to give my money to, to invest it? right? Like if you're going to give this to a financial advisor, who do I trust? 
And inevitably, what I find is that many financial advisors, they've got their way of doing things. And if your thing matches with their thing and it's all this amazing match, it could be amazing. And But even then, like a lot of people who then give it off to a financial advisor don't know enough to actually have the right conversation to get the most of it, or they know just enough. Like I know just enough about this to be able to have these conversations and then trust him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then within this piece, it's like, actually, I am fully empowered to be fully financially sovereign and not depend on another human being. And there's so hang on, because that's so powerful. So powerful. I know enough to be sovereign and not dependent on another human being. That to me is why, yeah, I mean, it's why women need to be in this space because it's something that we can learn fast enough to allow ourselves to become financially sovereign. I don't use the bike riding analogy, but I talk about like when we were learning to walk because I work with a lot of men and women who beat themselves up as they're trying to learn something new. Like I'll coach for different programs and and I watch people in the new program struggling and getting overwhelmed and then beating themselves up. And I'm like, do you remember when you were a little kid and you were trying to learn to walk? Nobody stood over you yelling, you know, don't fall down again, you stupid idiot. You messed up, you fucked it up, you fell. (laughs) (laughs) But instead we have we're doing that to ourselves. So, you know, the mastery takes a long time. I mean, Carrie, you're further along this path than I am. And I know you wouldn't say that you've mastered it yet. And I am definitely far behind you. But it doesn't take that long to get a working vocabulary, to get a working understanding, and also to understand that there's, I like to say, it's just math, right? There are some basic concepts here where it's like two plus two equals four. And what we can see is, it's not working. It's not working well. We're kind of headed toward some kind of a reckoning, if not disaster. And this is a way to get into a space that is mostly upside, although you have to do it in a certain way because there can be those huge volatile swings, especially right now because we're so nascent. Bitcoin was invented approximately, almost exactly, actually 10 years ago. And that 10-year anniversary is very important because it's just now starting to hit the mainstream. They estimate at the moment that about 20% of the world has made their first investment. Now, I don't know how accurate that is because it seems really high to me. I'm pulling for more like 20% of the world has heard of Bitcoin. Has heard of it, right? (laughs) But it's got a surprising uptake in some third world countries because the banking system is so terrible or because it's so difficult to get an identification card or because it's so difficult to have access to a bank because it's just too far away. But everybody has a cell phone and everybody can download a crypto wallet. And all of a sudden, stuff that was never accessible to you is accessible to you. By the way, a crypto wallet is basically just an app that you can transfer money in and out of that's designed to keep your money contained just like a wallet. So I want you to finish up on the intro stuff because I want to start moving into the talking about women in this space. So please, what part should we not get you that you really want to share? I'm like, I'm just thinking, so I think we got through DeFi. Did we make sense of that? Yeah, we did. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, to me, as I was saying, like the fully financial sovereign, I love what you even just said too now, like the fully financially sovereign, it stands for the world. You know, like we are all in this place where 
we have the ability to take full financial responsibility for ourselves. And I think when we talked about the banks and how you said we have 0%, they have to hold zero of our dollars, right? So when the GFC hit in 2008 and they got bailed out by the government, right? When the so banks say started, what the GFC is. Global financial crisis. When it hit, the banks got bailed out when they couldn't make their payments and things. They got bailed out by the government. After that happened, the government passed a law that said we now have bail-in laws. So if you have money in the bank, what did we discover? Was it 100K in your bank account? Well, you and I had this conversation. I think it was 100K in your bank account. Then they could freeze your assets. So, Well, actually, I think it's $250,000 because of the fact that all assets in the United States or or all bank accounts in the US are secured up to $250,000. However... Cyprus in 2012 had exactly the situation that you're talking about. And above their threshold, they took everyone's money, which I didn't find out about this that long ago because I've really gotten immersed into this stuff. So I'm always fascinated when I run across anecdotal evidence of this could happen to you. And, you know, Cyprus is an example of not what I would call like a third world country, right? I mean, and having its own wealth and having its own banking system. And yet, when this happened, there really was a run on the banks and they really did exceedingly limit people's money. And it's an example of what is possible to happen. But a bail-in law is specific that says... We can take your money anytime we want it above whatever that threshold is. So Carrie, if you're right, then even the 250,000, if it's actually a hundred thousand, then they would be able to say, you know, like, Oh, we'll give you back the 150, but there's no obligation to give you anything above that. And so the people that I know that have a decent amount of wealth are keeping it in cash, are keeping it in multiple different banks because anything above $250,001, that $1, nobody has to give it back to you. And obviously it's better to have, you know, to act as your, you as the bank to loan that money out to keep it going to work for you and to making interest. So for example, I have real estate investments. I have an investment in another business that isn't my own. I have investments in microloans. I love all of that stuff. So I am acting as the bank in some of those regards which I think has a lot of value, but no one is giving me my best real estate investment that I'm thinking of right now is like 15%, which is fantastic for regular money, right? You have 15%, you're like, well, bang, like I lucked into something here. So the idea that you're saying like numbers that are close to 30%, or you said in some cases much higher, you know, it's something that when I heard your talk a few weeks ago at I'm going to say the wrong name. What was the name of the Miami crypto experience? Thank you. The Miami crypto experience. Yes. Miami crypto EXP, man, (laughs) which was a great event. I mean, they're all great. And I see Miami as being like crypto central to the US. So I've already been to another conference. Did you go to DecentralCon? Yes. And then there's (laughs) another one, you know, in like two weeks and then in January and in May. I want to go to all of them. I want to come and live in Miami. Come on, honey, you need to. But when I saw your talk, I was so excited about the idea that I could put my money to work as money. Not like if I need my money out of that real estate investment, I'm in for seven years and I think we're into year like two and a half so far, but it's illiquid, right? Whereas what you're talking about, you can if get it out even in minutes. If, 
Exactly. Yes, exactly. Which is something that you can't often do with all of your money. You know, I went to the bank and I said, I need to get out $10,000. I often have to take chunks of like $10,000. If I travel to Egypt, we'll have like, I'll need, you know, for one of my tours, I'll need that much money just to be able to tip people along the way because of the two week trip. And so I'll, I'll have like, hey, I need to take $10,000 out. Somebody's going to hit me over the head the next time they see me in an airport. Do you have 10 grand? I'm taking it. Anyway, um, <laughs> and you go to the bank and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. We have a limit of $3,000 for cash. If you'd need $10,000 and just like take it out, you can like put the order in and come back in three days and get it. And it's like, what? Right. Or you can take out $3,000 today and come back tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And then you'll have 10 grand because of that same $3,000 limit. That is just massively stupid to me, but it's, you know, I get it. I mean, it's hard to keep. It's like the grocery store only has, as we all know, a certain number of toilet paper rolls. They do not have an infinite supply, right? So ultimately your money's like that too, right? You had to bring the toilet paper in. (laughs) You know, it was was right there, right? Right there for you. Leave it alone. I don't think so. So let's talk about why women should care specifically? Why should women care about this space? Why should women care about DeFi? Why should women care about crypto, in your opinion? I think for like some of the things that we've already said, you know, in many ways, because I I mean, personally, I'm going to speak for me, my personal experience, I didn't get excited and I've had money to invest since I was 18. Well, I've had money for more of that, but I took responsibility. I was able to take responsibility for my money when I was 18. And I had taken actually at that point a bunch of savings bonds that my parents, people had given me over the years, cashed them all in and then had some cash and I put it into the stock market. You know, like all 18 year olds do. I'm rolling my eyes right now because seriously, at 18, (laughs) I was like, yay, I'm making $200 a week. Let me go buy some records. Like not everybody learns to do that. And that's, you know, that's really good. It sounds like you were given a financial education as a child, which again, most of us, not just women, most of us children were not. Yeah. No. Yeah. And most people who would have gotten that at 18 years old would have taken on gun partied. And I took it and put it into the stock market. And I mean, I'm talking 20 years later, it was still growing, right? I used it for very little. I had to buy two cars at that time and I used money from there to buy cars. And like I said, I teach how to hold money and grow it. <laughs> and so when I look at that though, I think of how when I was thinking money into the market, it was for me, I then took it and I gave it to somebody else. And again, I did not have a super duper like longing to go and learn how do I trade the market? How do I understand? I mean, my mom's husband is a financial advisor and he managed my money for a while. And like we sat down last year and we were having a chat and he was talking about because he does a lot of options trading and he's trying to explain this to me in a very, very like terrible way. I'm going to be be totally honest. And he's like, Harry, just go to this website because he really does not like to teach it. He really doesn't. And I would not say he's the best teacher in the world. But like most people aren't like, even if you understand it, I've had three people explain charting to me and I'm like, I get the basics, but it makes my eyes glaze over thinking about it. I want somebody to chart for me. If I want to be able to hand them a piece of information and say like, check out this particular stock or this crypto. And I want them to tell me the numbers are going up and down in this particular way and what that means. I want to have to do that stuff myself. And to teach stuff like that, like you have to have a real bent for it 
to be able to do that. All right, keep going. Right. So for me, I was never interested. And like I said, I've been invested in this for a long time, like in this space. And it never like, I would go to read things and I'd read websites and I'd get my, you know, I'm like, honestly, it was so boring to me. And when I found out about crypto, to me, it excited me in a way that I've never felt excited about investing my money before. And I think because knowing you, you have some spiritually inclined listeners here. We both attract those type of people. And when I look at the crypto space, there is a huge spiritual awakening happening with this space. And so to me, it's like, we can go and we can keep learning. For me, when I got to the point where it was time to really deeply educate myself and this showed up for me, it was like, I can go and learn something from this archaic system that I look at that's corrupt as heck and is not safe and is not honest and truthful because a lot of people would probably think the opposite of what we have said. It is safe. It is this. It is that, right? And we've been told that, yeah. right? We've been conditioned mm-hmm. to believe this. And when I started looking at it, I'm like, why do people think the stock market is safe? Like, why does everybody put their money all into the stock market? And then they sit here and whinge about how volatile the crypto space is. I'm like, I don't know about you, but last year when the market dropped 30% in a matter of two days, my heart did not like that. <laughs> my nervous system well, was like, this is crazy. And look at what happened in 2008 or 2007, I guess. Was People the, the lost their entire crash. life savings. Yeah, they did. I was first investing in stocks in 1995. And when the internet stock market crashed in 99 or whatever, I learned the hard way what a margin call was. I owned Amazon when Amazon came out. And then I had to sell it. And that still breaks my heart because there was this terrible fear after that of going back in. You know, I look now at the greed index, I believe they call it. And I know, you know, that the expression is when there's blood on the streets by real estate. And when it's a total bloodbath, that's when you buy stock. Because it's like, you really have to do the inverse emotionally of what feels like there's momentum behind it, start pulling your money out. I've studied women of wealth. There was a woman named, I want to say her name was Hester Neely, and I hope I'm getting that right. But she lived in the mid to late 1800s. When she died, she was the wealthiest woman on earth or something, or certainly the wealthiest woman in America. And she had made her money. She said her success principle was, I really look at everything in complete detail. Like I really pay attention when I'm looking into a stock. But she said, what I do is I look for something that no one else wants. And then I get a lot of it and I wait. <laughs> and I thought that was such great advice because we have that momentum thing. And once the momentum thing happens, it's like, oh, we're going to go with the herd. But you really need to be like, as you know, when everybody's heading into the building, you want to be hitting the exit. And that's hard because it's not how we're wired. We're wired exactly in reverse. Go back to what you were saying earlier about the idea of of spirituality. I've, I've already talked in an earlier episode about my download about crypto and about the future of finance, the future of money, I'll call it, and the new energy of money that I feel like we're being really called into. But I want to just talk a little bit about your feelings about the idea that this is a spiritual space, because that's going to be a foreign concept to a lot of people. And if they've just heard it from me once, it would help to have like your opinion about it as well. Yeah. 
so I'm like, hmm, how do I want to say that? So if I tie this all together and saying like what, when we look at this whole space and why I like it as far as women, right? And I was saying this too, was because I wasn't interested in the other part because to me, it was this like old school, heavy, so many details, like so much, like it's such a huge thing. And it's not to say that crypto is not, I'm not going to even pretend that it's not. But for me, it was this newness. And the spiritual aspect for me is like, we're living in the most phenomenal time to be alive right now. And we're moving from what has been this very masculine dominated world and mindset and energy and into, I'm sure this is probably what you talked about, into this new feminine rising in the energetic space. And so when we start to look at it, it's like, I can put my energy into this old system. When we look at, I mean, if we look right now, one of the best thing that's come out of this last 18 months has been the fact that we've gotten to see all of these uh, systems, whether it's the financial system, the education system, the healthcare system, all of these systems that are not working for us, period, end of story. I'm sure if anyone is here listening, you'd probably agree. They do not serve us the best way that they could. And so what we're seeing is what parts of those could crumble and which parts of those, because I don't think at any given point in time are we going to all of a sudden have all of these systems just collapse and have a completely new framework overnight. <laughs> and I yes, think there's going to be a hopefully long run it's be a period of time, right? Yeah. But there's certain yeah. things that are existing in this world that are still working. Like, that's okay. We can take the parts that still work and they're, move them into this different area, this different arena. And when we start to look at blockchain and the crypto space, so blockchain, because we have not brought this tech, this terminology up for those who are here, blockchain is basically, it's where everything is stored. So it's a, it's a ledger that stores, like they literally, it's like printing out numbers so that you can go through. It's one of the coolest things about the blockchain and this space is the transparency. So when you've made a, people always say that it's like, you, you can't I say you can't lie the blockchain. You can't let, you can't lie. Yeah. People are like, but people can, you know, move money and not find it. And I'm like, no, 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 actually it's the most transparent thing in the world. You can follow someone's and it's actually like, you have to actually be aware of this because every transaction that you make, every dollar that you have can be found everywhere across the blockchain because it's all there in a forum for people, open format for people to be able to see. Which, and, by the way, is going to be really interesting because right now I say, and I think a lot of other people say that this is the Wild West of crypto because there's no real regulation about it. The U.S. government, anyway, keeps punting it further down the road. Now it's not on the agenda until at least the middle of 2022 or 2023. So it feels like the Wild West because, you know, they want you to report your earnings, but like the stock market, but they won't treat it as a currency. So it isn't really money. So it's all confusing. But eventually, if they wanted to, they could go back and look at every single transaction. Every single one. So, yeah. For- so the way that it's anonymous is that your name isn't put to it, but your number is. So if you go and put your like your wallet has a number, it's a long chain number. And so then if I wanted to send money to Haley or Haley wanted to send money to me, I would just say, here, Haley, here's my number. You send it to me or vice versa. And so that transaction, we can see each other's numbers. Now she could go and look at my number and see all the transactions made on that number. It's that transparent. And then she'd know they're mine. Unless you know my number, you wouldn't know it's me. But the second that you know that number, <laughs> you know it's me. And so everything becomes very, 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 very traceable. Which is why people of- store stuff on multiple wallets so that it's mm-hmm. only that transaction or those transactions are traceable. That's so it. I think this is why, you know, part of like when we start to look at this, like the spiritual aspect, it's like we come into a place where we actually have the sovereignty. Like I think for me spiritually, like to be able to be, I say sovereignty, like, that you are in full 
responsibility for who you are in your finances, your health, your mental aspects, all of these things. Like it takes everything. And I think really looking at it from every aspect and looking at like, how can I take the fullest amount of responsibility for my thriving in life, right? We have that opportunity now. And I think blockchain, crypto, DeFi brings us like we can be our own banks. We don't need a bank, right? And then if we start to get into DAOs, which is a whole nother thing, but that's a decentralized autonomous organization. And ultimately, to leave this in a really easy way to understand, it's like a whole bunch of people coming together and creating your own government, for lack of better word here. It's not a government, but it's your own community where you are self-governing, right? And so imagine that we have this ability and then you can vote with a click of a button. Ding! All right. So everybody gets their vote. And the more people who are in it, the more decentralized it is. And the more it's for the people, (laughs) Amazing, this whole concept. And so consequently, we can start to govern ourselves on the blockchain, a whole bunch of people making decisions. We can start to have our own banking system that we are the bank. And so instead of the corrupt global financial elite getting all of our money, we get our money and we get to send the money back to the people. Carrie is not being facetious or really even extremist when she says, you know, the corrupt financial elite. I want to be clear because it's important to me, if you're listening to this, that you understand that I'm not talking to people who are at extreme ends of the spectrum per se, and I'm not looking to put forth any kind of particular agenda. But I do want to point out the Pandora Papers and the Panama Papers as being examples of I'll call it, for lack of a better term, decentralized journalism. Uh, There were about 120 journalists from all over, from multiple papers who cooperated on the Pandora Papers and on the Panama Papers, which have been extensive research into the lives and the financial lives specifically of people with money which includes many, many world leaders and includes royalty from around the world and you know people who are like, I'll call them the 1% of the 1%. And basically, most of them are involved in fraud and corruption and tax evasion and all of the things that supposedly people in power aren't supposed to be doing. So when Carrie says financial elite or corruption of that, she's not just you know, making a generalism. There is actual factual data backing this up. And uh, this is a good moment to just take a sacred pause for a second and say, use your discernment about this. Use your discernment about anything that you ever hear, not only on this show, but on anything that anybody ever tells you. Your job is to get the information and then go and see how it fits into your life and how it fits into your world and maybe expand your world so that it could fit something new, like the idea of crypto or like the idea of DeFi, because it's getting you on board a train that's starting to choo-choo-choo out of the station. It's doing it super slowly at the moment, but it's going to go faster and faster and faster. They say that information in general is doubling right now at the rate of every 12 hours, which is, I mean, mind-boggling. 
but there's a lot of information out there and don't let that stop you. Carrie, when did you get into this space? How long ago? I started studying DeFi, finished my book June last year. So probably July, August. Mm -hmm. And I made my first inquiries about Bitcoin because I can see stuff sometimes in 2013. I started learning crypto a little, like maybe a little, maybe a year before, but really the beginning of last year, I started to dive deeper into it. And then DeFi... And I, again, I'm in behind you more recently than that. I, although I've had a crypto portfolio since 2017, but the point is that neither of us know everything and neither of us are saying we know everything (laughs) or even close to that. Yeah. It's laughable because, you know, if it It changes every every freaking hours, every, (laughs) yeah. Oh my God. It's not, you know, it's like the beautiful thing about this space. I mean, like we didn't even talk about NFTs yet, right? Like the beautiful thing about this space. (laughs) No, we're not going to, we're not. But like the point being in it that there's always, there's so much developing and learning and growing all the time. Like even within DeFi, there's new things happening all the time. And so, you know, if you're going to get into this, like, you know, like Heli just said, like, take it slow. You know, I've been doing this for a while and I and I made it my mission. Like this was not something that people are like, do you have to study as much as I do? No, no, no. Like I taught an eight week program how to get into DeFi simply. Right. And the people who went through it, they could get in it, do the thing. They were money is in DeFi and I've taught them now every few months how they go and they look at their money and do things. You can have it be that simple. And they're like, but you know, I'm like, I know more because I choose to. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think this is fascinating because like I opened this Pandora's box and I dove headfirst into it. And it was a box that it's like endless to me. And because it fascinates me. And because I look at this, like, you know, I was saying, like, we can even look at the, how the healthcare system will change because of this. Because on the blockchain, you'll be able to have your medical records stored. You'll be the one to have access to it. And you can be like, oh, this doctor gets this. Imagine, I know I was talking to somebody how many hours they've spent chasing their paperwork around something to go move it from one doctor to the other. Right. And they're like, I don't know who has this or where I find this paperwork. And then, you know, does it go into the system? Does it get lost? Whatever. Like now we're going to be able to have this that you can actually control what doctor sees what, where it goes, making sure that you get to see it, that you have access to all of your medical records and it will all be stored on a blockchain that can't be hijacked. I mean, like it's not going to be like the kind of thing where somebody can be like, oh, I'm going to go show this to someone over here. It can't be. Right. And so all of because you'll this, be in charge of making the decision right. as far as who's going to see you can what. See it. Yeah. And yeah. so when I look at all of that kind of stuff, it's like the possibility of what is here for us is endless. And that's where the spiritual aspect to me comes. Like if we bring this back to where we started this is because we then have this ability to move into this new way of being on the planet. And to me, when I look at the new way of being on the planet, and again, like if I look at just DeFi in and of itself, because the answer ultimately is compounding interest. Because if your money is constantly growing, that is how we create infinite abundance. It's constantly growing. You know, and someone said to me, but Carrie, that's also a little bit of a load of shit. Someone asked me, call me on this recently. And I was like, well, I'm not saying that everybody's going to be. Why? Why did they say that? Because he thinks like, this is the concept, right? Like that just because I say that we can have infinite abundance, that now everybody's going to be multi, multi, multi millionaires and we're going to all live, right? And that's not necessarily true right? It depends on where you're at and how much money you have to start with and how well you do. And as you and I both know, how well we manage our emotional state as we're investing things. And I was going to say how much you're vibrating in the resonance right? with having that money or not. Right? Yes. And how yeah. much like, right? So a lot of people, and I always say this about coming into the crypto space, there's going to be people who come into the crypto space. You could come in on the same exact day and buy the same exact things. 
one person could take that money and make it probably into millions and one person could lose the entire, right? Absolutely. Because of the way that our energy and our mindset and our vibration, all that kind of stuff works with things. And so it's not to say when I talk about this as like an infinite abundance, it's not to say that every single human being on this planet is always going to be multi, multi-millionaires. And with this concept though, like it is ever increasing. If you do your job and leave your money sit there <laughs> growing, because it's the other thing that people do is we get sticky fingers and we pull our money out. We pull our money out. We pull our money and like, oh, that didn't work. Well, if you left your money there and it was growing, it would grow infinitely, right? And so this is why I get so excited about this. This space is because we have this potential. Like we really do have the potential to completely change the way that we do our entire life in this planet. And I actually was even listening recently to a summit. My husband is into permaculture. I told you that in the talk that I did in at Miami Crypto Experience, I find it fascinating that they're looking at how we can take permaculture or for people who don't know what that is, that is gardening for lack of, for just for ease, right? How do we grow food in a regenerative way so that we use, utilize our land the best? And how can we take that and we can reward the people who are growing the food? Because right now we look at farmers are like living on next to nothing, right? They're the, some of the poorest, unfortunately, people on this planet, <laughs> realistically, and not poorest, but you know what I mean? Like they're not the wealthiest people on the planet. When we look at in comparison to people who are engineers who are off, you know, putting oil lines in and all these kind of things, they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars while these farmers are not. And so why don't we get to have that balance where people who are actually providing our food and keeping us alive are actually getting rewarded for that? And so they're starting to, and there are things coming out now that are starting to look at like, how can people who are farming get rewarded in crypto? And so we start to look at this and we can come fully autonomous, like fully sovereign, right? You know, like we can start to track our food from where it is from source to finish where we don't have that now. People are lying to us all the time about where things came from, how long it's been, has it taken seven months, which plane was it on? Like on the blockchain, you can track that whole thing and then make sure that the person who actually sold this to me got paid more than one cent or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's going to be a really beautiful application as well. What is the one thing that you will like would like to leave our listeners with? Oh my gosh, just get started. Like, I know it's scary. I know I have sat there, you and I have both sat there on the other side of this and gone, it's scary. There are scary moments of learning anything new. And so with this, you know, I've heard, especially in the spiritual world, so many people say to me, oh, it just doesn't call me, Carrie. And I'm like, whether it calls you or not, love, it's coming. You might want to learn about it. And I say this because in any industry that we are in, across the board, there are amazing things about it. And there are people who come in that are not so amazing. And so if you come in here and as this evolves and you're not educated, you could very easily have the wool pulled over your eyes and have no idea that you're being taken for a ride when you follow, again, a governmental thing that is saying to you that they're doing the right thing for you when they're not. So I suggest that every single human being on this planet just starts to learn, start somewhere. And it could be literally like, how do I buy my first Bitcoin? Okay. I mean, like I have an intro to crypto thing. It's free. If anybody wants to come and check it out, you can come and literally learn how do you buy your first Bitcoin? No problem. Give and us then, the URL for that, for where they would go for that. CarrieNorley.com forward slash crypto intro. K-E-R-I-N-O-R-L-E-Y.com forward slash crypto intro. That'll show appear notes. in the show notes as well. Yeah. And we have a bunch of links on the blog as well. So it'll appear there also. Perfect. So I would just start though, like whether it's that, whether it's you heard something in here, global financial elite, whether you heard blockchain, whether you heard any of these 
buzzwords that Helly and I have mentioned over this hour, like take one, go Google it, go watch a YouTube thing on it, go research. I would go also down suggest, the rabbit hole. I know. I would also suggest that if you're going to start doing research, that you go to DuckDuckGo, which is a browser that is way less censored <laughs> than Google because Google will censor the hell out of all of this. And you'll find some very relevant information for you. And then, yeah, just start. Like whether it's starting into research, just do not let fear stop you. And also the other thing I would say is that whatever you're hearing, and Helly started to mention this too, like whether you're hearing this show or whether you're hearing a piece of information that's come out on news that's like, Bitcoin is going to destroy the world. (laughs) Whatever it is, I've heard them all. And really think about where is this coming from? Who is saying this, right? Like there was something recently that Hillary Clinton said something about how it was going to affect cash in the banking system or whatever. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of this. I was like, yes, it will. And she made it like it was a bad thing. And I'm like, (laughs) right. And so we really have to take it with a grain of salt is where is this information coming from? And what is the, the motivation behind what anyone is saying, whether it's me, whether it's Hillary Clinton, whether it's whoever it is, you know, and this isn't just in crypto right now, but we're going to say it in crypto for now, is really to just go do your research. But then as you read through it, because you will hear both sides to the story and there are scams, there are hacks, there are all sorts of problems that are in this space right now. That's not not true. It's just a matter of educating yourself so that you do not fall into these places, (laughs) right? And so that you can do this safely. Carrie, thank you. I really appreciate all of your insight and your passion and your enthusiasm for this as you help teach people. So uh, you guys can look in the show notes for the details of how to get Carrie's freebie and to get started. And you can also always go to HallieEvelyn.com and uh, download a free gift from the front page of the site. It will change from time to time, depending on when you're listening to this, but it will always be there to help you grow your mindset around your money. I will see you again. Please like and subscribe to where whatever platform you are listening or watching the show on. And I will see you again next time on Goddess of Crypto. Thank you so much. Every week, transformational wealth coach Hallie Evelyn leads a conversation that helps to ensure that women everywhere can learn to surf the coming tsunami of the new energy of money. You can find her at goddessofcrypto.me. That's goddessofcrypto.me. Be sure to subscribe to Goddess of Crypto on your favorite platform or watch the show on YouTube. And remember, wealth isn't just your privilege, it's your right. <laughs>